Folks, financial experts thought we were in the clear. They were anticipating around six rate cuts by the Fed this year, and then the inflation data came out higher than expected again, just like we've been predicting. Friends, this isn't going away anytime soon. It can't. The U.S. is $34 plus trillion in the hole, and yet we keep printing money, which pushes the prices you pay every day even higher, whether it's at the grocery cart or at the gas store. So, You can either bury your head in the sand or you can do something about it. Diversify a portion of your savings into gold with Birch Gold Group. Gold is your hedge against inflation and Birch Gold makes it easy to own. They will help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into a tax-sheltered IRA in gold and you don't pay a penny out of pocket. All you got to do to get started, text Just News to 989898 and get your free info kit on gold. Then talk to a precious metal specialist on how to protect your savings from persistent inflation. The way to do it with gold. All you got to do to get started on that journey with my good friends who I trust more than anyone at Birch Gold Group, text Just News to 989898 right now. Hello, America, and happy Saturday. We're live from the Conservative Political Action Conference here in Washington, D.C. CPAC. It's the final day for what many people consider to be the Super Bowl of conservative politics. The day will end with the straw poll to see who the conservative faithful at CPAC prefer to be their president in 2024. And just before that, President Donald J. Trump, former president of the United States, the 45th president of the United States, he's going to give the keynote address. He'll be the third presidential candidate to address the audience during the course of the three-day conference. Nikki Haley addressed early on. Vivek Ramaswamy addressed it early on. A couple of expected candidates also addressed it, like Mike Pompeo. He came up and former Secretary of State and gave an address as well. Today, we're going to have a great conversation. We're going to start it with one of the most powerful congressional investigators in all of Congress. He's the chairman of the House Oversight and Accountability Committee, Congressman James Comer. He's going to give us an update on the Hunter Biden investigation, on the investigations into censorship and weaponization of federal agencies. And he has a very novel idea, one that I think a lot of Americans would agree with. He's summoning the HR department of the United States government. It's called the Office of Personnel Management. The director is going to be summoned to Congress and say, hey, why do you have all of these workers still working from home when the COVID pandemic is over? And if you're not going to bring them back, for God's sake, get rid of all the office space you're leasing and all the office buildings that you own. Start unloading it and start saving some money for the American taxpayer. I know a lot of people like that idea a lot. There's another very important thing that Congressman Comer has been working on. He intends very quickly to close a loophole in the law that has allowed federal agencies to contact Twitter, Facebook, any social media or big tech platform and encourage them to censor silence Americans. It's a loophole in the Hatch Act. He has got legislation coming up on the floor of Congress very soon to close that loophole and outlaw, directly outlaw the ability of federal agencies to silence your free speech rights. We're going to have all of that at the top of the show. That's going to be really interesting. Then we're going to go down to the southern border where so much of the fentanyl crisis is facilitated as drug cartels using Chinese precursor ingredients are flowing records amounts of fentanyl. That's the sort of stuff that puts your children in comas and kills them. One pill is all it sometimes takes, sometimes even a half a pill. I met a woman here today whose daughter died from simply a half a pill of fentanyl that she thought was something else, and she died from poisoning. This isn't an addiction crisis. This is a 
poisoning crisis. It's a chemical weapon, as many people have said. You heard Derek Maltz on the show, so many others. Well, we're going to take a real crack at that over the next few hours and have you listen to what Brandon Judd, one of my favorite law enforcement figures in America, he's the head of the Border Patrol Union, so he represents all the agents. He's an agent himself. And he's going to tell us what's really going on. One of the things that I think you want to listen closely to in that interview, around the same time that the Chinese balloon, the surveillance balloon, traversed across the United States, piercing our privacy, our security, around that exact same time, the Biden administration told the Border Patrol they can no longer use surveillance balloons, spy balloons, to protect themselves at the border or to track gotaways, illegal immigrants who escape or don't come through any encounter with uh, the Border Patrol. This is a major blinding of law enforcement. And Brandon Judd is going to tell us how this puts Border Patrol agents at risk, how it's going to create an artificially low number of gotaways and manipulate the the numbers, illegal migration under this president. He's also going to tell you why the big executive order that a lot of people said was Joe Biden starting to adopt Donald Trump policies, that that's not true. The new asylum rule is a big shell game, simply moving illegal immigrants from one point of entry to another. And Brandon's going to describe that for us. Finally, we're going to end up with a former ambassador to the Netherlands, former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, the retired congressman, Pete Hoekstra, He was President Trump's ambassador to the Netherlands. While he was there, he began picking up intelligence right away in the spring of 2020 that the COVID virus wasn't a naturally evolving virus. It was a virus that had been manipulated for research purposes and then accidentally escaped from a lab in Wuhan. Now, that's the current prevailing theory of the FBI, of the Energy Department, of most of the intelligence community. Pete Hoekstra is going to say, listen, I started to hear this right away. It's amazing it's taken two and a half years for the government to get off the fact that it's a conspiracy theory and embrace what the science and the evidence has shown. He's going to describe that. He's also going to talk about Ukraine and what the president and his policies in Ukraine and the war against Russia, what it means for the future of Europe, where he should come down, what's the clarity that we still need for ally and adversary alike. So we have three great guests today. You're going to enjoy this. It's day three of CPAC. Tomorrow, we'll bring you some live coverage of some of the other things going on. But today, on Saturday, we're excited to bring to you so much news on March 4th, Saturday. We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, first up, the chairman of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer, followed by the president of the Border Patrol Agents Union. And they're going to finish up with former ambassador, former House Intelligence Committee chairman, Pete Hoekstra. Three great guests, three big topics. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Folks, Field of Greens is the healthiest thing I do every day, and I want you on this journey with me. Why? It's literally one scoop a day. It tastes great. I love the fruit flavors particularly, and it's completely improved my life and my health. This is nutrition the way nature intended. When I began taking a hard look at why I wasn't feeling good and why I felt unhealthy, why I was gaining weight, why I was losing energy, it wasn't just because I had hit my 50s. No, it was because I wasn't getting the right amount of fruit and vegetables in my diet. And listen, I'm just too busy to go to the store, clean up the vegetables, cook uh, vegetable dinners and make sure I hit the fruit. A field of greens stepped in. One scoop of powder in my drink or on my eggs in the morning and boom, I was off and feeling better. And suddenly I was losing weight. I was sleeping better. My metabolism went up. My blood sugar went down. My cholesterol went down and my weight went down. And my doctor said, hey, whatever you're doing, keep it doing. You know what that is? 
It's Field of Greens. That's what I've been doing. Field of Greens is radically different. Each organic fruit and vegetable was medically chosen to support heart and vital organ health. I trust Field of Greens to keep me healthy. I promise you, you're going to love this product. But if for any reason you don't, they'll give you 100% money back guarantee. Now, you're going to get 15% off your first order plus free rush shipping because of the incredible partnership we have here at Just the News with Brick House Nutrition and, of course, Field of Greens. All you got to do to take advantage of this offer, visit fieldofgreens.com and use the promo code JUSTNEWS. That's promo code JUSTNEWS at fieldofgreens.com. Don't wait. Go to fieldofgreens.com today. Use the promo code JUSTNEWS for 15% off. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Congressman James Comer. Congressman, great to have you on the show. Thanks for having me. A lot going on in your world, so many investigations, but this morning a lot of people ask me as I walk through this building, what are we going to do about the bureaucracy? What are we going to do about the deep state? You have a new initiative targeted at Office of Personnel Management, the owner of all those bureaucrats. Tell us about that. Well, the government's the largest employer in America, unfortunately, so we've got the personnel director for the entire workforce for the federal government. Uh, we've got problems with the federal workforce, many, as you know, in addition to the federal government, especially agencies like the DOJ being weaponized, that we have 47% of the workforce working from home. Uh, we've got productivity and efficiency going down. We have so many questions for the director of OPM. We're going to bring him in, and, and she's going to have an opportunity to sit there for six hours and answer questions from some of the most conservative members of Congress who are most frustrated about the bureaucracy, the out-of-control bureaucracy, and the weaponization of the federal government. That is so important. So important. Yes, and Congressman, last year when we had you on, you were one of the first, if not the first, to discuss the Holman Rule with respect to how bloated our government has become. Practically every member of your caucus and in the Republican caucus has talked about the Holman rule ever since this morning. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about it. I know that our audience is really clinging to something like that to shrink the size of government. When can they start to see uh, that evidence out on the floor of Congress? Well, unfortunately, our friends in the Senate funded the government through September the 30th. So we're looking now uh, for when October 1st starts to identify specific bureaucrats who refuse to cooperate with our investigation, specific bureaucrats who have clearly uh, abused their power, uh, who who don't answer to Congress, who don't answer to the, the legislative agenda that they receive and the orders from the people, they, they don't abide by the Constitution, they're going to be singled out. We're going to cut their salary. Uh, and uh, this is something that they better take seriously because this is the one way we can start to chip away at the out-of-control excessive bureaucracy. So the Holman rule has been in place for a long time. Unfortunately, it has been utilized, but this Republican majority better utilize it. 
that's so important. I walk by a lot of the federal buildings. Half the offices are dark. Nobody's working in them. There's probably a lot of savings in just rolling up leases and shutting down buildings. That's probably another part of this, right? Right. The, the, the OPM director was was in the office yesterday, and and she said, you know, we can we can prove that uh, this has been more efficient letting people work from home. I said, hey, you don't have any data to prove that. No one who has to deal with uh, any government agency will agree with that. Yep. And B, if that is true, which it's not, then let's sell this real estate and save taxpayer dollars. That's amazing. Amazing answers. And some people might wonder if the Department of Treasury has been empty for a while. You probably have been wondering because last year you reached out to them preemptively and said, hey, we need information on these SARs. You reached out in May, in July, in November, again in January. It's still backlogged. When do you expect to get anything from them? I know you've called uh, someone to testify with respect to that. We... The last letter we received denying us the suspicious activity report, we asked the person that, that signed the letter, that I think she was the deputy general counsel for the Treasury, to come in Friday, next Friday for a hearing. So she's going to get an opportunity to hear from us, and she can try to explain to us why, under President Biden, this is the first administration that's blocked the House Oversight Committee or the House Financial Services Committee from having access to these. The whole purpose of suspicious activity reports was to be, be able to help everyone work together in trying to track down crime. And the fact that she's blocking this and that they are on the accounts of the President of the United States' his immediate family is very troubling. Is that, is that why? Do you think they're trying to run out the clock? Absolutely. That's their whole strategy. Run out the clock, run out the clock. You know, they want the subpoena. It goes to court. Run out the clock. I mean, they are in a stall. If you if you keep up with basketball, uh, they're just sitting on the ball. They want (laughs) the clock to expire. Uh, That's crazy. A lot of people are wondering how much have you already learned about the Biden family corruption? Can you bring us up to speed and why Eric Schwerin, particularly the former business partner of Hunter Biden and often in contact with uh, President Joe Biden, why he's such an important cooperating witness? Sherwin's very important because he was the guy that operated the finances for both Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. And remember, at the end of the day, this is an investigation of Joe Biden. We we have to determine whether or not Joe Biden is compromised because of the millions of dollars that his family's received from our adversaries around the world. Sherwin, remember, was in the email to Hunter back and forth saying, hey, Hunter, your dad's Delaware tax refund check came in the mail today. This is while he's vice president. I'm going to deposit that into his account and turn around and write a check on him to you for money that he owes you. So that showed that he had access to both Biden's accounts. And part of what we're concerned about with these suspicious activity reports, these bank violations, is that these accounts were co-mingled. And that's a perfect example. And Sherwin's the the one figure that can answer many of our questions. Uh, That's a big moment. Absolutely. I I know that just a little while ago, you were on stage talking about the Biden family and all of their business dealings, not just the connection between Hunter and Joe, but all the foreign business dealings and how Joe might be involved in that. Talk to us about this panel, what you guys spoke about. Well, it was a great panel. I worked with Molly Henningway, and, you know, we just answered questions I think every conservative in America has. Why hasn't something been done about Hunter Biden? What are you doing to try to get answers for the American people? And I think the message that I hope to deliver today is that the truth is coming and that we are sincerely trying to get this information. We're fighting. The White House is fighting back. Every cabinet, Treasury cabinet, uh, the, the the White House press secretary, every day they mention my name in a less than flattering way. They do. Yeah. Uh, we are not going to let up. We are going to get to the bottom of this. We we actively, even though they're blocking us, other people that were involved in these business schemes 
are working with us. Because remember, just about every one of these business schemes that involved Hunter Biden and Jim Biden ended in dispute. Right. They have disgruntled partners, which is very good for us, and they're coming forward spilling the beans. So if three last week, right? Or this week? Three. Three. This week. Three. So uh you know, we had a good week this week. We're getting information. Uh these things take time, but I'm an impatient person and I want to get to the bottom uh right now. I think in this case impatience is a virtue as far as I think everyone in this room is impatient. (laughs) They want action. Uh we got about a minute left, sir. I just want to ask you. Censorship. You have done more in the last two months to expose how much censorship is going on. What are the next steps to make sure the government doesn't keep going down this path? Well, I passed a bill out of the Oversight Committee that will expand the Hatch Act to uh, include social media platforms. Uh, What we saw with the Twitter dump is that uh, the FBI was actively involved in censoring conservative speech. No government employee should be involved in that. Uh, we thought that would be a violation of the Hatch Act, but what we learned is there's a loophole. So the FBI, you know, they're very smart. They knew what they were doing wasn't right, but there was a loophole. So what my bill will do is in that loophole to where if a government employee is involved in censoring speech, then they can be held accountable. All right, folks, don't go anywhere. When we come back, Brandon Judd, the head of the Border Patrol Agency Union, he's going to tell us why the cancellation of aerostat surveillance balloons is harming our security and putting our border patrol agents at risk. We'll have that right after this commercial break. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Brandon Judd, we have you on so often to talk about these issues, and it seems like every time we have you on, there is a new drug bust, uh, more numbers coming out about human trafficking, fentanyl overdoses in the country. Um, I know that you are here to talk to people about the border crisis, and everybody seems to have a number of solutions. Is it going back to former policies? What, what's what's the best way to navigate it? It's got to start with policy. When you look at what what's currently happening, if we if we had the proper policy, we could control the border right now. We don't need more funds. We don't need to, to have the taxpayers give us more money. We just need proper policy. And if this administration would give us that policy, we could control the border. But we don't have that. And that's why we're seeing all of the chaos that currently exists right now. It's unreal. Uh, a few weeks ago, when we were all watching the China spy boom traverse the country, some bad news came to the Border Patrol, the Biden administration pulling back the use of aerostats significantly. Tell us how that endangers your colleagues, the men and women of the Border Patrol. So the aerostats are an extremely effective tool. What they do is they see what we otherwise can't see. Right. And when they can see that, they can put us in on those groups. We can, we can find the fentanyl that's being brought in. Right. We can find those criminal aliens that are coming in. But without those aerostats, we become more 
blind in certain areas. And that's why they're so important. But when you look at the reasoning that they gave for pulling down those aerostats, it, it, it's complete BS. It's yeah. just one more thing that clearly shows that they're encouraging all of this chaos that exists. Uh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah. Brandon, earlier this week, we saw numerous people testify on the House floor about the border crisis. People who were affected by it directly. A mom who lost two sons uh, to what she called chemical poisoning as a result of fentanyl. For Border Patrol agents, I imagine that has got to feel crushing to see something like that, knowing that you guys legally, if the president would allow you to, you could do something and yet it slips through. And then we have people like that in Congress. Yeah. And, and that's what's really it, it breaks us down every single time we put that uniform on. We're going out there because we want to protect yeah. the American people. We want to keep them safe, but we can't do it if we don't have the proper policy. So every single time that we hear somebody die of fentanyl, it comes back to us and we think we could have stopped that. We could have stopped that if we would have had the proper policy. You know, I, I testified before the um, two subcommittees um, two weeks ago, and what I heard the Democrats constantly say was, well, it's a demand problem. If we didn't have the demand here in the United States, this wouldn't be happening. No, the problem is the supply. If we stop the supply, then we won't have the demand. Right. There's always going to be children that are going to experiment. That's uh, that's part of learning. We, we grow up and we learn right. and we experiment with certain things, and that's going to happen, but they should not experiment and die yeah. because of these dangerous drugs that are coming in. So if we stop the supply, yeah. then this all goes away. Well, and so often it's not even someone trying an illicit drug. It's it's yes. because of the yep. infla of inflation and the economy. They can't afford to buy it from their regular yep. pharmacy. So they find what they think online is a legitimate pharmacy, and then yeah. it's laced again. Yeah. Um, uh, a lot of times China gets left out of the conversation at the border, but they're the starting point, certainly for the fentanyl precursors. Yeah. Are, uh, how much intelligence do you see? How much information do you see of China really helping the cartels make this a horror story for America? Every single time you see China get involved in anything, it becomes exponentially worse. And what we're seeing right now, and, and starting about two years ago, we saw China jumping into this in, into these transnational criminal organizations. It's not going to be long before China takes over these cartels. It's not going to be Mexican cartels anymore. Wow. It's going to be Mexican cartels that are controlled by China and right. doing their bidding. And that's the very scary part about border security and that's one of the reasons why border security is so important yeah. to the american people you got to keep china out of everything yeah, yeah. we do um, as far as the numbers, so last year, I believe the number was about 14,500 14, pounds of fentanyl across the border. It's March 3rd, uh, and we are almost at that level already. Throughout the Biden administration, the message has been that the border is open. I'm curious why this year, I mean, it was almost like you flipped over the calendar and they kicked it in the fifth gear. Why? So what we're seeing is is day over day, week over week, month over month, we're seeing things being ramped up. We're yeah, seeing thing, yeah. we're seeing even more chaos on the border. We're seeing a lot of rhetoric coming out of the White House. We're seeing them saying, well, we're going to implement this rule. And of course, the New York Times, the Washington Post, they then cover for them. Oh, the Biden administration is going to Trump era policies. And that is not true. That's absolutely not true. In fact, if you break down this rule that this that the administration put out, it does absolutely nothing. It's just going to encourage you even more people to come across. And once Title 42 goes away in May, it's going to explode even worse. And that's, uh, again, it's just, it's monstrous to think that this administration knows what it needs to do, but it just won't do it. Yeah.
Yeah, time and again. And it seems like now they're playing a game of math manipulation. Yeah. If you take the arrow stats away, you can't count as many got away. So That's that it. number's going to go down. Yep. And the asylum rule, which everybody in the media portrayed, oh, he's finally getting tough. All it does is tell those people, avoid the border, come into a port of entry. Yep. We're going to have fake numbers for a long time that are going to underestimate what's really going on, right? Well, the, the one thing that I'm very confident of is even those are, those arrow stats are going to come down, yep. the Border Patrol agents, we're going to go out there and You're we're going to count find every them, single yeah. got away. We are going to find that. Good. We're not going to let the administration whitewash the American people. We're going to let them know what's going on because if we don't, it's, nothing's ever going to get fixed. If you look at this rule that just came out, the only reason that they put this rule out is because they're getting a lot of pressure. They're getting a lot of pressure because you're covering it. They're getting a lot of pressure because you're covering it. And every single time the American people find out what's going on, yep. they then put pressure on their politicians. And that's exactly what we need to happen. You're right. Brent, at the border, there seems to me to be two problems. Uh, malfeasance, because I do think it's intentional, but I also think that there is some incompetence slash negligence as well. I think that it's a mix of the two. When you see how sophisticated the cartels run their operation at the border, is it safe to say that the cartels and their operation are more sophisticated and competent than our own government? You know, it's it's amazing. They don't have to be sophisticated, believe it or not. They can they can use archaic rules um, to do what they're doing. Um, it's 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 very very. It's funny to see how they operate, but it's all based upon our policies. The ebbs and flows of these politics, what they can do is all based upon what we do here in the United States. And if we invite them to violate the laws, they're going to violate the laws. When you look around the United States right now, law enforcement, when you look at the crime, I mean, right now in Chicago, uh, you, you know, you, you look at all the crime that's there. Right. Every single time you justify criminals, more crime is going to happen. And that's what this administration continues to do. So these, these organizations, they don't have have to be sophisticated right. because our policies allow them. Um. I'm going to say something first. Uh, my dad was in law enforcement for 46 years, retired as a chief. The first time he saw you on our show, he said, that's the sort of cop I would have wanted to be in the trenches. And he asked me this question to ask of you. What can the American people do in the absence of the Biden administration? What can we do to support your men and women, the guys you go to work with every day? What we want to do is we want the handcuffs taken off of us. We want to put the handcuffs on the criminals. So the best thing that I can encourage all of your viewers, all of your listeners to do is write their congressman constantly bombard your congressman and especially if your congressman is a, is a democrat if your congressman is republican chances are they're they're probably trying to do something but if their congressman is a democrat bombard their office write op-eds because the more these media outlets understand that there's an interest in this right. the more the more likely that it is that they're going to cover it and right now they're just not covering it they're they are I say cover, they're covering for this administration. Yeah, that's, that's what, they're, what doing. they're doing. All right, folks, we've got one more segment. It's a good one. The former ambassador to the Netherlands, the former chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, former and retired congressman, Pete Hoekstra, right after the commercial break. You're going to want to hear what he has to say about the early intelligence on COVID-19 and lab leak. It's a blockbuster. Check it out. We'll have it right after these messages. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back, America. This next guest I've gotten to see in action for many, many years, most prominently when he was House Intelligence Committee Chairman and did some really remarkable work. Then, of course, he became our ambassador to the Netherlands. He was a congressman, a great patriot, and he joins us right now. Ambassador Pete Hoekstra. Sir, good to have you on the show. John, always great to be with you. Thank you. I want to start off with something because you were on the front lines of our ambassadorial ranks. When COVID started sweeping the world, it was pretty obvious that the people who were in the know knew this came from China, but there was a narrative to make sure that didn't come out right away. Why is that? Well, the big question is why? All right. I think that there was there was a lot of information floating around. Some of it, you know, came to me personally. Right. Uh, you know, but you talk to uh, people across Europe. I think that everybody knew that it came, number one, it came from China. But I think the more, more important thing is not very many people believed it developed naturally. No. There was, uh, I think, more of a consensus that you know, everything pointed to that this was, this was man-made. This was developed in a laboratory. I'll tell you, one of the reasons that they wanted to tap that down, I, I love the Dutch. Okay, I love them. They, their politicians are great. They're so supportive of many of the things that we do. Right. But one day they they irritated me. I opened. <laughs> oh, yeah. I opened up the newspaper, and it's in the middle. You know, it's three four months into COVID. Right. And the Dutch government had said some very very favorable things about the CCP about China, and it's like. What? What's that about? What? The, so I called his national security advisor, and you know, and I said, "What is this about?" And he said, "We've got a couple of 747s sitting on the tarmac in China, full of PPP or P, whatever the stuff is, right? Gear. Yeah. And it's you got to say something nicer. Those planes aren't leaving. Unbelievable." Huh? Yeah. That's an amazing story. That's an yeah. amazing story. I want to stay on the topic of COVID because, you know, we now know that numerous government agencies are corroborating the fact that the virus most likely came from the Wuhan lab. Uh, and I'm starting to see this narrative percolate from legacy media that, uh, you know, it, it, it was okay that we called people conspiracy theorists because at the time we didn't know. It seems to me that that's counterintuitive. Like, if, if you don't know, then you especially shouldn't be squashing speech. No, absolutely. I think uh, there was an, uh, an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal yesterday, and I kind of I read it, and it's kind of like, what is Peggy Noonan trying to say? Yeah. Yeah, did you see it? I did. And it's like, what is she trying to say? It was a head scratcher. It was a head scratcher, and it's kind of like, no. You know, I believe that much of our intelligence community knew about this at the beginning. All right? We will get into discussing more of the motivations, but believing that we got... After the Chinese Communist Party has scrubbed all of their information, right. we got new intelligence three months or three years later. They had the problem is their narrative is falling apart. Right. And now they've got to now, especially mainstream media has to come up with a new narrative explaining all of the terrible things that they did. Right. Conspiratists, you know, lies, you know, anti-science. Yeah, fringe. fringe yeah. And, yeah. We, you know, 
Some people were all of them, and they were right. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, sir, when you ran the House Intelligence Committee, it ran with a bipartisan, common-sense way. The last 10 years, so much of the Intelligence Committee, whether it's the committee, the intelligence agencies themselves, the counterintelligence division of the FBI, seems to have become politicized. I know you're very troubled by that. What's the first thing we can do to start to pull that back to the neutrality it always used to have? Well, what you now need to do is you... Um you, know, you need to scrub the intelligence community. I'm sorry, when you've got former director James Clapper lying to the Senate committee. He did. Yeah. Uh, going out and calling President-elect Donald Trump and saying, nah, we didn't leak the uh, Steele dossier. That's right. And nine months later finding out, well, we didn't leak it, but I did brief Jake Tapper on it. But, you know, he called the president of the United yes. States and said we didn't leak it. I, I, I don't know. What other I, I would call that a lie. Yes, yeah. you would. President you can't lie. Yep. From the head of our intelligence community, you have the 51 former intelligence professionals. It mm -hmm. needs to be it needs to be scrubbed clean. Um you know, we've got to scale back. They're, they're going to have some of these new law or some of the laws that we passed after 9-11. Right. That gave tremendous authority to the FBI, FISA courts. And we're, we're now finding out is and you know, Jim Sensenbrenner, you know, him. I do. Man. I, yeah. I just saw him the other yeah. night at the Capitol Girl. Yeah. Jim cautioned us. Don't go down this. He did. And right. finally, he bought in, put in the protections he yeah. thought were necessary. And we found out those those protections weren't good enough. The right. FBI's right. abused it. The CIA's abused it. Yeah. Um, they've got to go back and recreate the, the framework to protect Americans from our own intelligence community. That's right. It's yeah. scary. That's right. It is scary. Before You've been we, such a prescient voice on that. Before we go, I want to ask you another question about your time in Congress. You were so effective in Congress. You were one of the people who kept things going. And we are so used to hearing the phrase, you know, that the government, the wheels of government turned so slowly. You were such a driving engine in your time as Congress. Now with Speaker McCarthy in there, it seems like Republicans, they're not wasting any time getting things done. Is it reminiscent for you? Is it evocative of your time in Congress? Yeah, I remember the uh, when we moved into majority, we had the, the contract with America. New right. Hampshire's in session for 97 out of the first 100. I remember not, that. Not, it was not, a marathon. It was a marathon. Not on the weekends, but, you know, it was basically Monday through Friday. Uh, right now, they've taken a little bit more time off than what I wish they had. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think they're going to get uh, on a beat. Uh, they've got you know, they've got to work through this. We had to work through it with Newt. Uh and focus on a few key issues. There's way too many things to investigate, all worthy, but they've got to focus on some to demonstrate to the American people how corrupt some of these agencies have become oh, yes. and how they've been used against them. And it's not only, you know, the government agencies, but their work right. with private sector. As former Intel chair, I can't believe that the DNI staff was meeting with social media every it's week. Unbelievable. This is real and this is fake. I know. All right, folks, that wraps up another edition of John Solomon Reports, a podcast from Just the News. I'm so grateful you could be with us today. Thanks for joining us. Such a big, important day in American politics. President Trump, the 45th president of the United States, addressing CPAC tonight. The straw poll will tell us who the conservative activists here at CPAC in Washington prefer as their 2024 candidate. Is it Ron DeSantis? Is it Donald Trump? Nikki Haley? Mike Pompeo? 
Vivek Ramaswamy? We're going to find out tonight, and we'll have all of that for you on tomorrow's edition of John Solomon Reports, the podcast from Just the News. You can stay on top of all that breaking news by going to justthenews.com or pulling up your Just the News app for Apple or Just the News app for Android devices that you can download from the Google Play and Apple App Store. All right, folks, we're going to get back to work here at CPAC. Thanks for listening on this Saturday, for giving up some of your time on a busy week. And we're so grateful for your love and your support. I've met so many of you on the ground here in CPAC. It's such an honor to see so many American patriots interested in factual news. We're going to keep trying to deliver that for you day in and day out. All right, have a great day. We'll be back with you with a Sunday brunch edition tomorrow.